name is Joanne Bolt, and I am intent on helping women stop playing small in their businesses, get out of the messy middle, and into profitability. I'm a Southern mama with a snarky attitude who built a $56 million real estate empire just to prove I could, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure immersive coaching business, all while sipping coffee in my fuzzy slippers. Together, we'll uncover the tried and true tactics to building a business you love while giving you the real deal on how to make them work for you so that you can get out of your way and into action. Is it all rainbows and unicorns? (laughs) No way. So put your big girl panties on and get ready because we'll dive into it all. From failures to success to money and emotions and everything in between. Think of this as your girlfriend's guide to business. Grab your coffee or pour yourself a punch bowl of wine because this is the B Word Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to The B Word. I am super excited today because we're going to continue jumping into our drip campaigns, or as I like to call them, the email sequences. And because I want to keep it simple and easy for you so you can take action and quit just sitting there staring at your desktop, I'm going to go through seven steps to creating an amazing email sequence with you. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. The first thing you need to understand is in order to create an outstanding sequence for your audience, you need to understand how they'll see what's in their inbox. If you follow email subject line best practices, this can help prevent your email from landing in the spam folder. So there are two things that are going to show up when someone opens up their Gmail, and it is the subject line and the preview text. Most subject lines are limited to 140 characters, and they are the first thing the audience sees. Underneath them is the preview text. It's what piques their interest to further help prompt them to open that almighty email and actually read it. So don't ignore this line because it's critical. I see a lot of people allowing the preview text to just be the first three lines of the actual email, and that could be boring and not make you want to open it. So the preview text is a lot of times where I add an emoji or something really funny to continue sparking their interest because I want them to open and engage with my emails. All right, now for the seven steps you need to do every single time you create a sequence. I've given you seven steps. I do encourage you to keep them in order, but you don't have to do all seven. Five out of the seven is fine if you really just can't figure out how to incorporate one or two of the steps. All right, let's get into it. Step number one, create interest and curiosity. This is the most critical of your sequences. If your first email that your audience gets doesn't pique their interest, they're probably not going to open the rest of your sequence. So spend some time on this one. An example of one that I love is... 10 crazy things I've seen in inspections. That would be your subject line. And then the preview text would be parentheses, and I bet your home has one of them, wink, wink, parentheses. Now you can see how that is an engaging email and someone might actually think, huh, I wonder if my home does have one of them. Irregardless of if they are actually on the market or not and under inspections, they're gonna open that. This applies to any industry. Whatever it is, that you do, whatever your product is or services that you sell or create, create that interest the first time with crazy things you've seen, done, heard. 
it's always a good one to get your audience captivated. Number two in your sequence should be to teach or educate. This is where you get to showcase your expertise. It's where you start to gain a little bit of that knowledge trust from your audience so that they know you really know what you're talking about. A couple of really good examples are the best cheat sheet for, and then whatever topic you're going to educate them on, or five ways to solve and then give them their problem. I also like to do, here's my exact guide to, and then the topic. The third step of your email sequence is generate FOMO. FOMO is the fear of missing out. This is where we create urgency in our email sequences. We get them to act on something, click on something, purchase something, call us to get a scheduled consultation for our product. This is one of the most critical ones. So if you're going to leave one of the steps out, don't leave this one out. Here's a great example. Are you in or are you out? With like the shruggy emoji. You can also do things if you're a client-facing entrepreneur with, hey, there's only 50 tickets left to our annual client party. And as an email insider, you get first dibs. Those will create an urgency in me to open that email, read down about the Christmas party or the client event, and maybe click and grab a ticket for it because I know now that there's only 50 and I don't want to be left out. The fourth piece of creating your email sequence is once again, we're going to circle back to create interest and curiosity. Yep, I know. I did say it again. You don't want to be boring in your email sequences. You want your audience to want to open them. And when we just spill information and education about what we do, it gets boring and it gets to be white space. That's why after number one, creating interest, number two, educating, number three, giving them urgency and FOMO, we bring them back to interest and curiosity. Let's talk about a great example for this one. If you're a real estate agent, I would maybe send an email out that shows my knowledge and creates interest by saying the neighborhood that 80% of my clients want to move into dot, 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 and why? Because that makes me interested in, well, why do people want to move into that neighborhood? Whether I want to move or not, I might open that email and see what you have to say. Another great example of a create interest and spark curiosity one is maybe you could put in your subject line, I never heard back from you, dot, dot, dot. Well, then they're probably going to think, wait, should you have heard back from me? Did you send me something that I didn't respond to? And they're going to open the email and see what in the forking shirt balls you're talking about. So have fun with this one. After you send that one, move into the fifth piece of your sequence, which is where you ask questions. Asking questions is also one of the most critical ones in the sequence. So again, if you're going to leave one or two out, don't leave this one out. When you ask questions, you get your audience involved. You prompt them to respond back to you and engage with your email. And the more your people engage with your emails, the less likely it is that the almighty spam gods will mark you as a spammer. So you really do want to take some time thinking this one through. Here's a great example. Who else is waiting for home prices to level off? Question mark. No? Question mark. Just me? Question mark. That one, if you just read it in your email line, it's who else is waiting for home prices to level off? No? Just me? That one is a question that will get answered by a portion of your audience. It doesn't have to be all of your audience, and that's okay. A couple of other great examples might be 
Are you tired of and the topic? Or have you been wondering? Or what's the biggest struggle you're facing today? Whatever it is that your niche audience, you're answering their pain points in all of your various emails, this is kind of where you hone in on it and that question mark, get them to engage. After the engagement sequence, you move into humanizing it and being authentic. We're in a culture these days where people want to know who you are. They don't want to work with someone that seems off-putting or not like them or someone that they couldn't relate to. And they really want to know that they're trusting you with their business. So get authentic with them. Humanize that email. That also makes them think that this is not really just canned emails that go out. A couple of really great ones that I like to send are, as a real estate agent, I sent one out to my clients one time that said, do I really love looking at a million homes? Nope. But I do love this about my job. That really let my clients know that, you know what? I actually don't like schlepping it around looking at homes with you, but it's not you. It's just the process of looking homes. I mean, you want to look at them all day Saturday when you have time and I want to be at home with my kids, but I do understand that you are a client and I do love working with you and therefore I don't mind looking at the homes, but I don't love it. It's what you think I do, but it's not. That's humanizing me as a person. It makes them want to work with me, ironically, even though I told them, I don't like looking at homes. You could humanize it in a couple of other ways by telling them the one time you did something embarrassing or how you messed up big time in something or how tired you get doing things. Just let them in in your world a little bit. I promise you, that's one they'll read too. Finally, you round out your email sequence by speaking directly to them. Personalize it. Use their names. An example would be you insert the personalization piece in your email service provider. So it inserts their name, comma, bet you never thought you'd need this. And then you tell them what they might need in their world that you can provide that they didn't even think about. Or, hey, you were on my mind today. I've got an exclusive offer just for you. Or first name, you came to my mind today and I wanted to check in on you. Whatever you want to put in the email directly relates to how you're speaking to them. This rounds out your email sequence by really personalizing it after you've humanized it in the previous one. How often should you send these emails? It really depends on what you're setting this sequence up for. If you've just entered into my world and this is a welcome to get to know me email sequence, I might do the first three every single day because I hit them hard. And then I'm going to slowly move out the last four to be four days later, five days later, six days later, and a full week later so that I'm not inundating them and overwhelming them in their email after the first three that arrives in their inbox. If you're setting up a sequence that's directly related to an event, maybe you are doing a client party. You might want to consider that those seven emails need to go out within an 11-day time span because you've got to get these tickets out, things booked, know how many orders to order, or maybe it's just a time-critical sequence you're setting up. So there's really no good way to tell you how often to send the emails or what timing apart to set them when you set them up in your system, except to look at the why. Why are you sending this out? What's going to trigger someone to get this sequence? And that will allow you to really look into and how often should each one of them arrive in their inbox. Now, this was just a little peek inside how to set up a great email sequence. 
I've got at least 70 other subject line examples in List Building for Profit course that you can find, and I'll set up a link to it here in the show notes. Or if you want to grab 25 freebie subject lines for real estate agents, that is on my homepage at realbosswomen.com. Scroll all the way down to freebies and you can grab it. I'll also put a link to it in the show notes. But if you really want to dive in and you want more than just this little snippet of how to get your email sequences up and going so you can increase your revenue in 2023, hop into the List Building for Profit course and I'll see you there.